It is an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the estate planning and government assistance laws are quite complex and ever-changing, how do you keep track of them all? Through elder law attorney Michael Cohen. He's there for you to answer any of your planning questions in a way that you and your loved ones will easily understand. Mike has devoted his entire career to dutifully informing and protecting our parents and grandparents, aunts and uncles, anyone in need. Join us now to learn more about estate planning essentials with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here now are Michael and Don. And my name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful co-host and owner of KWAM, co-host of this fine program, Estate Planning Essentials. And I'm on the phone for the last time with my co-host, my friend, my attorney, who should be your attorney, the Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. And I should probably tell the listeners, it doesn't mean that this is the last radio show. It no. just means it's the last time that we're recording by phone. Exactly. From now on, we're back at the station, and I'm so glad that COVID is waning. I hope it stays this way. Uh, it's been for over two years since uh, we've been at the station, or at least I've been in the station to record. Yeah. Uh, and I look forward to that day, uh, which is coming next show. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's exactly right. I look forward to that, too. That's uh, going to be very rewarding. Uh, we're long-suffering this whole world, goodness gracious, with the millions of people that have died from this pandemic. And this disease, who would have ever thought this could have happened? But I know what I see yesterday, Michael, they said 100 million Americans are going to get this new strain, whatever that means. Um, but fortunately, it's not killing people. And it's like the flu or something like that. So it allows us to continue and go on with our lives and maybe not uh, have to worry about masks as much. Although we do recommend people wear masks if they want to. And if they don't want to, we recommend that as well. Whatever people want to do is the bottom line, and that's what you and I are all about. Free will is what it comes down to. Um, today, Michael, uh, I love this topic because I didn't even know what you were talking about when you first addressed this before the program. And you want to address the thing called filial responsibility. I'm going to spell it F-I-L-I-A-L, filial responsibility, what that means and how it applies to our listeners' lives. Yeah, you know, have you ever heard of um, Am I My Brother's Keeper? Well, this is maybe Am I My Mother's Keeper. Got it. Because it goes back to, you know, back in old England, uh, it used to be the, they had these poor laws. Mm-hmm. And the the child might be responsible for the parent's debts. Remember, they even had debtor's prisons and stuff like that way back when. And so... Uh, they had it, it so for for many many years uh, until um, Medicaid actually became uh, effective at Medicare Medicaid uh, in the 1960s under the Johnson administration. Uh, there was a requirement that uh, in most states and, and actually still to this day the majority of states still has filial responsibility laws where a child is responsible for the debts of a parent. Yes, I know that sounds kind of unusual and kind of scary, uh, but it's usually like, let's say, a, 
a child, let's say that the mom or, or parent or father, whoever, uh, is in a nursing home, and let's say somebody uh, didn't pay their bill, didn't apply for Medicaid, well, the child in the majority of states could be res- responsible for paying that nursing home bill. And, you know, most nursing homes, it's more expensive in other states than it is in Texas. In Texas, it's over $7,000 a month. So can you imagine uh, if you just were there someplace for a year, uh, that would be, uh, even in Texas, that's $84,000. Uh, if my memory is, if, I, if my math is correct. Uh, well, hold on. 12 times 7, yeah, 84. Sure. So, um, so that's a lot of money, and so that's why this topic becomes important. Now, the only reason why I'm even bringing this up now uh, is because in Virginia last week or the last week or two, uh, the Virginia governor blocked an attempt to repeal the Virginia filial support laws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, uh, so, so it should be mentioned, though, that notwithstanding the alarming thought that you could be responsible uh, for a parent's bills, mm-hmm. uh, the, that most states, these are really kind of, I'll call it a scarecrow law. In other words, it's just trying to scare kids to make sure that they that the bills are being paid or mm-hmm. that you do something. Because if once you get on, if, if you get somebody on Medicaid, so, you know, Medicaid is means tested, usually originally, I say originally because things have changed over time, originally Medicaid was for the poor. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, it's kind of for the middle class, especially if you're married because of different federal laws that have been passed in the years subsequent to Medicaid's initial approval. Uh, in the 60s under the Johnson administration. Uh, So if you get on Medicaid, it's like a social safety net. Uh, And so the government will pay. Uh, But prior to that, children could have been responsible. And in some states, they still uh, enforce this. But uh, the worst case, uh, the worst state uh, is Pennsylvania. Oh, boy. Where they, uh, yeah, yeah. For those who don't know, uh, Don is originally from Pennsylvania, so I uh, want to point out that he's <laughs> moved from Pennsylvania as fast as he could, yes. uh, hoping that he doesn't have to be in the worst state for responsibility for being uh, taking care of a parent. <laughs> because my father still lives there to this day. He's yeah. been there his whole life, basically, so I have to be, and he's 85. I'll see him next, almost 85. I'll see him next week. Uh, I, I won't have to worry about this. Uh, I know he's got this all covered and protected, but there are a lot of people out there, Michael, who don't. And Jennifer, the producer of this program, who does the operations at the radio station, we have a client who's almost 90 years old that we've been dealing with this week, ironically, who has an autistic son. And the son is 60. And what happens in that situation, we don't know. When you bring this topic up, I think of him and I think of the son and the son, who is dependent upon the father, who's 90, what if he doesn't have the son to check and balance him to ensure that his father is taken care of at that age? Well, usually on most of the states, they, they look to see well, – and the laws are different in from state to state. Mm-hmm. So in Virginia, for example, you had to have enough earning capacity uh, to be able to um, – 
you know, to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. And they even, they even looked at the, um, you know, what your own individual situation might be is not only is your earning capacity, but they would look to see if you had obligations. Let's say you had a kid in college. Um, they looked at that. Unlike, unlike, uh, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania didn't really care. Uh, the, so they, so again, Pennsylvania is absolutely the worst as far as, uh, filial responsibility. But in Virginia, they said, oh, you know, under our laws, they'll look at if, first of all, uh, if you have to be over 18, uh, the age of majority, uh, you have to be, have sufficient earning capacity and income. Uh, you have to, uh, be able to reasonably support your own family, uh, first, uh, before you're taking care of the mother or the father. And they also look to see if the, parent had ever deserted the child or had neglect or abuse or, you know, some sort of failure to pay child support, those things are considered, unlike Pennsylvania. And so um, so each state has their own laws. And and here, when, when what happened in Virginia was the governor uh, said, oh, well, you know, if they don't have an obligation to support then there might be, this may be something, this is a very unique argument, by the way. He said something like about bankruptcy laws. Then if the, you know, then, then there's the risk about, um, you know, uh, people declaring if there's, it might affect the bankruptcy laws that it may have these unintended consequences that people weren't going to take care of their, if they're in bankruptcy, they wouldn't be taking care of their parent. And it's really, Kind of a silly thing. Now, what would you do, uh, you know, if, if if it was a unique argument? And, and actually, in Virginia, there was a case uh, that where it was brother. I guess you'd say I'm brothers keep. Am I my brother's keeper? Because uh, there was one case where, and it's an old case where one brother uh, sued the other brother because he had to pay all for parents' care. Uh, and he wanted his brother to help pay out. So in Virginia, you have to have it. It's you know, it's equal between the kids, but they have to have that earning capacity, etc. In Pennsylvania, it was a really weird situation where somebody, uh, the parent didn't pay their bills. They were in a nursing home. There was a, like a ninety-three thousand dollar bill. Mm. The kid was estranged, even estranged from the parent, and had kids in college. And he had to he had to pay he had to pay the nursing home ninety three thousand dollars because he was the child. That was it. Wow. That's the filial responsibility law in uh, Pennsylvania, which as we said is the you know like I said most states don't even enforce these laws. Even though the majority of states have filial responsibility laws. Most of them don't really enforce it. So it may be uh, much ado about nothing, but you have to be concerned. And you say, well, gee, what about Texas? What about Texas? Do we have it? And does that affect us? Well, good news, there's good news and bad news. The good news is um, we don't have a failure responsibility law at this time. Um, and, and by the way, what should you do? Well, the first thing is if you see that a parent, if there's something like a nursing home care cost or care at home, uh, is see if you can get the person on Medicaid. Once you do that, there's no that's a government pay. I mean, that's the whole reason why most states don't even um, enforce these what I call scarecrow laws. Uh, the so you get them on Medicaid, there's not an issue. But the problem is a lot of people either either don't 
make a mistake or wait too long they and they don't or don't apply or maybe they're just falling the cracks because they there's nobody who was named as an agent or a power of attorney you know they didn't have um, uh, something that had somebody even had the authority to act we have it from time to time where people uh, just never signed a power of attorney and uh, and then they have dementia and then you have to go to court to seek guardianship, and so there's no authority. What happens if somebody did have a power of attorney? That does. Are they liable? Maybe, maybe. You know what we put in our provisions in our power of attorney. You know, there's statutory language, but we put a lot of extra stuff because we read about these different cases. And so one of the things that I put in is in numbers. In the, even though I have all this authority, I don't have the authority to bind my. Uh, 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 the principal, the person who signed the power of attorney, uh, for arbitration if they go into a nursing home or have liability. And I mean that's just something I made up. But the because of, you know when you read cases like this, you say, oh shoot, I don't want somebody. So if I had, if if Don Crawford, it, luckily for Don Crawford Jr., uh, Dad uh, has sufficient means, so this wouldn't be an issue. But if if Don Crawford Jr. wasn't um, as fortunate as he is, uh, then, and dad was indigent. And dad was in a nursing home in Pennsylvania, and Don Crawford Jr. lived in Texas. Don Crawford Jr., Pennsylvania could sue Don Crawford Jr. to pay dad's bills. Which would probably so, be at least about $100,000 a year, if not more. Yeah, and so what would you do? Well, one thing you do, you might move <laughs> you might move him to Texas or some <laughs> other state. Right. You know? a state that doesn't have those bills or you apply for Medicaid. That would be the, 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 the you know, so, so if you have a parent in another state and they're in a nursing home in another state, you better have to check with see about these filial responsibility laws of the state in which uh, the parent lives. Now, again, Particularly, I'm going to say Pennsylvania, but it doesn't have to just be Pennsylvania because 29 states, I think, have filial responsibility laws, and they're mm -hmm. different from state to state as mm -hmm. to what those obligations are. And, but still, you should at least check because that cost of care is great, and that's why people plan for Medicaid a lot of times is because the cost of care is so great. Mm -hmm. uh, so, My sister, uh, Michael, is leaving. She just bought a home in Florida. Uh, closes next week. She's from Los Angeles. She's leaving our mother uh, after 30 years or so. And I'm not sure she realizes this situation. And it makes me nervous for her because she may be holding the bag. I may be holding the bag. Uh, all of us will uh, because uh, our mother is not going to leave. And I'm, I'm not completely sure she's uh, sufficiently taken care of by the government or her own means. Yeah. Uh, California, and that where your mom lives, is that right? Yes, sir, in L.A., uh-huh. Yeah. Um, California does have filial responsibility laws, mm -hmm. uh, and it's one of the states that does, one of the 29. Now, I don't know how much they enforce it. I, I'm not licensed in California, but I do know that California was one of the ones. The ones that are closest to here Arkansas and Louisiana have it, but not Oklahoma or Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, so, if you have relatives and if somebody had a, a you know parent that lived in Arkansas or Louisiana or in your case California or 
Pennsylvania, uh, they would have to consider what probably talk with an attorney in the state in which the parent lived to see, you know, what the story was and if there was any potential for liability uh, if there was, uh, if somebody didn't, you know, uh, pay their bills, the parent didn't pay their bills. And particularly, it's going to be more like the biggest thing is going to be, uh, you know, like nursing home costs that are so expensive or care at home, which are so expensive if the caregiver had to pay and, and, and so the state or the state uh, tried to go after them for a failure to pay um, for those bills. Well, you know, three things about that. Um, people from New York, Illinois, of course, California, many other states are getting to Texas as soon as they can. We've seen that time and time again. They're just moving here. The price of a home here uh, would be two to three times the same kind of home in those states, especially California. So people are moving here left and right and saving a lot of money or getting a bigger home. And that's caused our homes to appreciate incredibly in this entire state, whether it's Austin, Dallas, et cetera. So that's a good thing, but you may be leaving parents behind, like my sister, and you better look into this, as Michael is saying, because you could get T-boned by the government who may sue you, because you're going to have to compensate for uh, that parent not being sufficiently um, or financially prepared for uh, that government assistance. Secondly, Michael, reminds me of the situation where uh, no good deed goes unpunished. And when you try to plan uh, out your estate while you're alive and when you pass away, just imagine if some of your assets go to people that are estranged, people who have become your enemy, sadly, whatever the reasons are. I mean, you won't be around for it. You won't know what happened, but others will. And that's terrible. And it sounds similar that this filial law is a situation where if they are estranged, you still may be left holding the bag after they pass and owe the government you know, $100,000 and or more. And, and that's brutal for most people. And no one wants to pay that based on principle. And no one can probably afford that based on their cash flow or budgets or savings. So that's tough. And then thirdly, this is another reason for you to attend Michael's next workshop. These are free workshops that allow you to ask questions about estate planning or government assistance or government lawsuits in this case. And um, this one is again online via Zoom. So it's virtual. And this is Thursday, May the 19th at 10 a.m. And Michael, I hinted as to what goes on in these workshops. You've been doing them five or 10 years now, but can you elaborate on what happens? Yeah, we ask people what they want to know, whether it's about estate planning, you know, it might be about wills or trust, mm-hmm. or it could be about Medicaid. We've never really had a question about filial responsibility, I might right. add. Right. So it's just kind of a unique type of topic here today. It's just something that people should be aware of that mm-hmm. probably aren't. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, so people do ask about Medicaid. Sometimes they ask about VA benefits. Sometimes they ask about retirement accounts and uh, things like that uh, in connection with the state planning. Uh, so we, we never know what the questions are going to be, but we ask people what they want to know. And for the two hours of the free estate planning essentials workshop, we answer the questions, although we have a presentation as well to give people the basics so you just can sit and listen and on that and then ask whatever questions, though, which we will answer in those two hours at that free estate planning essentials workshop. 
Uh, and if you do go to the free estate planning essentials workshop, we also give one other benefit, and that is a free one-hour, uh, what we call a vision meeting, to kind of look at your situation even in more depth if you so choose. Uh, this is, again, no obligation. We just kind of look at your story and say, oh, are your goals being reached, or is there something else that you want for more protection uh, or not? And if you do, fine. If you don't, okay, that's fine, too. That's at least you've had at least you have the knowledge to make a business decision as to whether you're doing things the way you should or want to do to pro, uh, protect you and your loved ones uh, in case bad things happen either during your lifetime or upon your passing so uh, to go to that free estate planning essentials workshop all you have to do is call 214-720-0102 that's 214 214- 720-0102 or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And uh, I think that you'll enjoy yourself. You'll see that the time flies by uh, and uh, you'll have some fun along the way. Uh, so, uh, you know, so I think you'll enjoy it, and I hope I'll see a lot of y'all. And, of course, all you have to do is click on a link, which we give to you. And if you've never done something by Zoom, we'll teach you how to do it. So don't worry about it. Some people just use their phone so or they'll use their iPad, whichever is best for them. Excellent. Look forward to that one. And then uh, I understand, Michael, we didn't discuss it prior to the show, but the one in June, the workshop may be in person instead of online? Yes. Yeah, we did. The one we did in, on April 30th was live. We started doing them live again, mm-hmm. uh, which we had a, a good turnout. And I'm pl- glad to say uh, mm-hmm. that. Uh, and so people are getting back to normal. Uh, and I'd like to think that that's the case. And so we just until we, we thought we'd kind of <clears> try it out to see which what people want, because some people, you know, it's either too far to travel or or maybe they're infirm or whatever. And so we decided to have some uh, virtual because people are becoming, uh, you know, more used to Zoom and things like that. Uh, so we we'll, we're going to kind of test it out till we're uh, until we're just live all the time again, like we used to be. Great. And when Michael says live, he means in person. All the workshops are live. They're not pre-recorded right. and that kind of thing. Right. So bear that in mind. Um, so Thursday, May the nineteenth, online, and then sometime in June, that date will be determined soon. Uh, Michael, about three minutes left regarding filial responsibility. What else do you want to say about it for the audience? Yeah. Um, you know, I should tell you that there's a federal law called the Nursing Home Reform Act mm-hmm. that says that your um, a third party is not responsible for the debts, uh, and you can't the nursing home can't obligate you to pay those debts. However, there was a case where uh, that in where the person, the parent lived in Pennsylvania and the child lived in New York and the debt collector uh, tried to garnish her wages in New York and place a lien on her own uh, for failing to pay the Pennsylvania bill. The Court of Appeals did decide that uh, Pennsylvania's filial responsibility law preempted that law. So there is a concern. And then you have to also worry uh, if you're an agent under a power of attorney and you just didn't act, uh, will you be responsible for the bills of your uh, parent? There, um, it could be that if your 
parent is in a state where there's filial responsibility, then there is the possibility there are court cases where they're looking to the agent and say, why didn't you pay that bill for mm. parent? So you do have wow. – so that's why that's why we put that kind of uh, language in our power of attorney that says that in no event shall I be responsible for the debts uh, or bind my parent to arbitration in the power of attorney to reduce the risk of liability. So instead of just having a standard power of attorney, uh, we had often add a lot of extra stuff. Uh, there are because there is these nursing home. You know, a lot of the nursing homes, notwithstanding that federal law, will put in their nursing home admission contracts, notwithstanding it, uh, that 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 the person is liable. That you admit that you're going to be liable. You're responsible for paying the bill, even though it's contrary to federal law. And so they, or they say that you voluntarily will be responsible. So they try to get you go, and, and I'm, that's why it's important probably to looking at the. Uh, look at the nursing home admission contract if you had a loved one that was going into a facility because some of the facilities uh, use language that might not be uh, best for you. Very good. Um, Each state is different. Assume nothing. That's the point of this program. Things change all the time. The Virginia governor just shot down a law that would have protected heirs. Um, At the same time, California has some laws that will protect heirs, but you can't be sure, and things change again so much so often. So the way to ensure uh, that you are protected is to attend Michael's next workshop to bone up, to learn more, and, and Michael will help you for free. And those workshops, every workshop is free. This one is online, and this one is May 19th at 10 o'clock in the morning. That's a Thursday. And the best way to sign up is to dial 214-720-0102, talk to Bryce or any of the outstanding representatives at Michael Cohen's offices for that next estate planning essentials workshop, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElder, E-L-D-E-R, Lawyer.com for Michael's next online workshop on May 19th, or the one that will be in person in the month of June. So we thank you, Michael, for your time, your education, and your concern for our audience today, sir. Thank you, Don. Leading estate planner practicing law for decades in Dallas, Texas, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the Texas and federal laws. The next step to that end is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com and sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on KAAM for eight years now, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate what could currently be a rather insufficient estate plan. Make certain that is not the case and that it is created and completed your way by signing up for his next free workshop today.